Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. What up, man? I don't know how you guys are doing today, but I feel like crap we are back for another episode of the reality is where filter becomes extinct man and this episode 58 is brought to you by roberts media group a media company pushing the envelope in media and how minorities are portrayed in the media they hang their hat on the premise of giving a platform to the voiceless and allowing stories that go untold to be heard roberts media group man we appreciate that also it's brought to you by robert poe photography but they capture the moment in every smile. You can go check out the website at www.robertfoldphotography.com. Yes, I have my hand in all of these because I, along with a couple other people, are sponsoring this show. Thanks to the listeners who have helped sponsor the show and continue to push the reality as forward. Man, I am stuffy. I mean, it's it's uh, the weather here in Texas is it's it's crazy. It's back and forth. It's raining. It's never cold. We haven't even had a goddamn winter. So it got rain coming down, piling fall out the trees, and it's just like Jesus or God blows. And it just blows that shit right up your nose like it's a cocaine sniff. Yeah, I mentioned cocaine and God in the same sentence, but, I mean, he understands. This podcast, man, the reality is, man, we didn't even celebrate our one-year anniversary. This is not your conventional podcast. This is not your traditional podcast. We really try not to hang our hats on accolades, on accolades, accolades, on accolades, on accolades, <laughs> accolades of what we have done. But, uh, man, I want to give a shout out to everybody who has contributed to the Reality Is podcast lasting this long. First of all, it is the listeners. Um, I don't have fans because I'm nobody. So it is the listeners, uh, the people who help support the podcast. Um, I want to give a shout out to the people who've been rocking with me since day one, since I was doing UTA radio and iHeartRadio um, and, and got this mindset and got this initiative in my head to step outside of radio and do a podcast. So first of all, I want to give a shout out to Artesia Swindle, um, our administrative consultant who helps us uh, push everything forward, who helps us uh, plan the events. Um, all the events that we've had around the city of Dallas, people have came to um, the one podcast that I did in uh, New Orleans. She helped out with that. Um, we worked on one last week and uh, a couple of weeks ago in San Diego. So and we got a couple other things coming down the pipeline. I want to thank her for that. I want to thank Gabrielle Johnson, hometown homegirl who came in from Texarkana with me and she helped um, pick up where some people left off. Excuse me. And uh, she helped out, you know, she helped out. <clears throat> She's still helping out. She should be in uh, the studio with us this week. I know we missed her on last week. She had to go to Oklahoma. Her cousin graduated from high school, and that is a big deal. So shout out to Gabrielle's cousin for graduating high school and uh, get that ass to college. Gabrielle, thank you. Um, the people who started out with me when it first started off, Gary Green, Christian Evans, uh, who are no longer with the podcast. Thank you for uh, putting your footprint or 
handprint, fingerprint, whatever print on the podcast, um, the time that you were here. We appreciate that. I want to say thank you to all of the guests who came in, who allowed me to interview you, who came in, B. Mishavery, Dr. Kat Smith, uh, David Salinas, uh, Jermaine Roberts, um, Colin Tate from Atlanta. And we've had quite a few people. I don't want to keep naming because I know I forgot some names. We had a couple of interviews over this last year. I want to give a shout out to Kristen Coopwood came in, helped hold down the podcast. Rodney Davis came in, helped hold down the podcast. Um, Runny Price, for whatever reason, I almost forget his name every time because it's too proper, the last name. But I want to give a shout out to everybody, man, who's had a hand in it. My mom for pushing me forward even when I wanted to give up to keep doing it. So, hey, there we go. We into it. We didn't celebrate a year, but I wanted to give a shout out to everybody who's helped with this podcast, who's helped continue to push this podcast forward. On this weekend's podcast, we got Marvell McFadden, a religious expert, if you will, who'll be coming into the studio. We're going to talk about religion. We're going to talk about why I believe in God, why I still go to church in a day and time where everybody is pretty much taken and not given anything. And everybody's always preaching a message of hope. But uh, we need to preach some real stuff. So I'll be asking some questions. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll try to chime in and give you his website later if you want to go take a read at a couple of things that he's talked about. He is not your conventional religious person. He is not your traditional religious person. Um, uh, he is a Christian, but he has a different spin or perspective on things. So that's going to be exciting. I was talking to somebody uh, this past week and um, they were like, how do you teach a kid to be black, to stay black? In black culture and, and teach them about black culture when you are looking to relocate to an affluent area, uh, maybe because of work or because of just your living conditions, you 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 don't want to be there anymore. One thing I try to tell people all the time is a lot of people I know, especially here in Dallas, they talk about, hey, let's let you know, let's let's rebuild the black community. And I think I'm all for it. Anybody who knows me knows I'm all for it. But the thing about rebuilding the black community is some people don't care about building that community. So how long do you continue to try to build your community when somebody else does not want to build that community who does not care about building their community? I literally went, I was in the community one day in a black community, a part of the black community in Dallas on the South side. And I literally looked out my window at a friend's house and they goddamn pulled up. Somebody pulled up, getting ready to make a left, open that door and just dump their trash out. I don't know if it was fucking Whataburger, Burger King, whatever it is. And I'm just like, what the hell? Like, you don't care enough about your own neighborhood to not dump the trash out or take dump the fucking trash out with your lazy ass when you at home. You got to wait till you get outside and dump that shit on the street. Nah, if we don't give a shit about our neighborhood, ain't nobody else going to give a care about our neighborhood. It's just I'm not using proper English, but I don't give a shit. Nobody's going to give a goddamn about our neighborhoods if we don't. If you're on the white side of town and the streets are fucked up, the white people going to call and complain and them Hispanics or whoever at the uh, at the the the, um, the office or I don't know the word I'm looking for, but at the local area, they're going to get their ass down there that goddamn day, shut the streets down and they're going to get that shit fixed. We just keep riding on the roads because we think the shit is OK. That shit is bad on your tires. It's bad on gas. It's bad on fucking everything. And yet we still out there fucking driving. But maybe some people are complaining. I know some people who do complain to their districts and their neighborhood and nothing still happens because our voice doesn't carry that much weight. Because if it's one to 10 people calling, that means nothing. But the funny thing about it is 10 or 15 black people can call or Hispanic people can call in their neighborhood to get things changed around there. And one fucking person of an affluent neighborhood can call to their, their district about the roads or stores or some 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 um, sketchy uh, behavior. And they're going to be on that shit. We do not get 
the same kind of treatment. But I said all that to say this. If you want to stay in your neighborhood, don't talk about it. Be about it. Call the district. Try and get some things changed. But I think if you move into an affluent neighborhood and you want to make sure that your kid knows about his culture, that would be up to you. I mean, they have movies. They have books. Take them to the south side where you came from on the weekends or during the summer. If you have a family member or, or a friend who has a kid, send them back to where they never forget. But it's okay as black people to want to, to, to have better and live in a more influent neighborhood or live in a better area for your kids, for yourself. You want to get out and run in the neighborhood without a goddamn pit bull chasing you? You should have that right to do so. In an affluent neighborhood, ain't no dogs running around. There is still crime. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's perfect because there is still crime. They just figure out sneakier ways to do that shit. Instead of a crackhead or some fucking badass kid kicking your back door in, it may be your goddamn air conditioner man. He may come in and fix your air conditioner because you're in a affluent neighborhood and think he won't steal shit. You will let him in, go somewhere for a fucking jog. And when you come back, he abacadabbed your ass. So I'm not saying crime doesn't happen in a white neighborhood, but there are perks to being in a neighborhood where your HOA is more than five hundred fucking dollars. They actually are going to put that money to use. I've seen it. It's true. Don't tell me nothing else about it not being otherwise. But as far as keeping your kids in line and letting them know about their culture, parents, that's up to you. If you're telling them the stories, if you're letting them watch the movies and you're putting that book in front of them, they're going to be all right. Because you know what? They ain't teaching that shit in school anyway. On the black side, they only can teach it to a certain level. Let me get a, a drink of coffee. I'm sorry. They only teach so much of that shit anyway. So move to the affluent neighborhoods if you want to. Just continue to teach your kids about their culture, about their ancestry, about their heritage through books, uh, through storytelling that your grandmother may have told you and so on and so forth. You will be OK. I also had another conversation with somebody and they said, I stayed for happiness and I still got hurt. I am not a relationships expert. I have fucked up so much in my life and relationships. I am 33 and unmarried and I'm okay with that. You know, a lot of people look at that as a bad thing for men. It seems to be okay for women. It seems like the shit shines a negative light on them. They got to be crazy or something like that. I don't agree with that. I think people are just different, but, um, I had somebody say they stayed for happiness and they still got hurt. But where you stand for my question would be where you stand for happiness for that person or for yourself. I don't think you should ever stay in a situation where you're unhappy, totally unhappy. I know there are going to be ups and downs where you may be unhappy for a period of time. And no, you shouldn't just jump out of the relationship or jump out of the marriage. But you should always reassess the situation to find out why are you there? Why is that person there? I don't think I've said the word reciprocity in quite some time. But you need to be able to check and make sure there is some kind of reciprocity to the situation that you're in. If it's not, then it's not a healthy situation. I mean, at this age, I was talking to somebody yesterday and we were talking about relationships and I was like, the dangerous part about relationships is we continue to try to make people happy off the things that make us happy. That's not a relationship. Some people can take that golden rule or that rule of treat others the way you want to be treated too far. That's for friendships. That's saying treat them with respect, treat them with loyalty. But if you like your back scratch and she like her foot rub, you need to rub her goddamn foot and not scratch her back. And she need to scratch your back, not rub your foot. Hopefully I didn't lose none of y'all do what she wants you to do to get a little bit more in detail. If your girlfriend likes to travel, but you're buying her clothes and purses and you think she should be happy because you're spending money on her. She want to go traveling, fool. 
she don't want you to buy her no clothes and shit. She's not that materialistic. So she likes to see the world. She likes to see culture. She likes to immerse herself in other, in other, you know, cultures and see other communities. That's what makes her happy. Stop buying her fucking shoes and purses. Vice versa. If he likes to have sex a certain way, quit fucking that man boring the way you want to because your ass is lazy. Do what you got to do. Things are different. It's compromise. You know, with that whole rundown, I feel like Martin when he said, I'm the love doctor. Get out of here. I am not the love doctor, nor was Martin. But uh, like I said, man, do what those people want. Reciprocity, compromise, communication. Those three things you should be good. And that's all I'm going to say again, because like I said, I am not a love doctor and I don't have a degree in therapy or any kind of psychology or anything of that nature. I got a fucking bone to pick with the Kardashians. I was watching. Um, well, you know what? I wasn't watching it. Somebody, I, I did see. I, I got a sneak peek of it. Um, but I was with a friend and they were watching the Kardashians. And I heard the fucking Kardashians address Lamar Odom as fucking Lammy. The fuck is that? Who is Lammy? What black man you know, know got a name Lammy? I don't believe in the Kardashians. I don't watch the show. But God damn it, I tell you, they change everybody. Kanye West with these gray contacts on at the man. Like, what the fuck? Who? What? Why? Why? I'm going to be honest. I wore great. I wore those same goddamn contacts when I was like 16. I mean, come on. Yeah, my ass is black as shit. But back in the, I mean, early 2000s, you know, 2000, I think it was 99, 2000. I mean, everybody was wearing black contacts. I mean, uh, contacts, color contacts. And the darkest niggas was the ones wearing them. We the ones that got talked about. I didn't get talked about. I actually thought I was pretty fly. I never forget the first time I put some on. I think I had some great contacts on and I put on a Dallas Cowboy hat. So like the gray D and the gray. Oh, man, you couldn't have told me a goddamn thing. I thought I was the best fucking thing walking. You couldn't tell me nothing. Getting compliments. I was so fake. I had an S curl. You couldn't tell me nothing. But in 2016, I know Kanye tried to make a lot of fashion statements. That ain't the one to make. Not with that Billy Ray Cyrus jacket on. Not with the cut up jeans. Not with the kick duster boots. I'm a Kanye West fan. Anybody knows me knows I'm an avid Kanye West listener and supporter. He ain't winning with that one. The Kardashians change people. Lammy for Lamar Odom's nickname. What the hell? Lamar Odom. In the hood, we're going to call him L, L O, Low, L Boogie, L O. Old Boogie, uh, L Easy, Lean. We're gonna we're gonna make up something. Old dog. We'll go. We'll even take it back to a movie reference. Lammy. They ain't white, but that's some white people shit. Lamar Odom need to come on, man. Come on, let him back on the basketball team. Put him on the end of the bench. But you cannot allow this. To be Lamar Odom's end. That cannot happen. Do you kiss after oral sex? Yeah, that, that's the question I ask. Do you kiss after oral sex? Do you. Women, after you give a blowjob, do you come up? kiss him in the mouth does he allow you to kiss him in the mouth men after you go down and eat with utensils do you come back up and kiss her does she allow you to I think it's okay to do that me personally I do 
I do. I do. I do. I just don't think that it should be with anybody. What do you mean anybody? Uh, one night stand. Jump off. Just a random person. You shouldn't. I remember one time I was getting a blowjob from a girl and um, she was going to town, polishing that thing, whatever kind of metaphor you want to use for blowjobs and fellatio. She was getting it in and she came up to kiss me. I'd only known the girl about a week. You know, I had to, I had to move. I had to move around. I couldn't do it. I don't know you. I don't know who penis you sucked. And some people are probably listening saying, you let her give you a blowjob, but you won't let her kiss you in the mouth. You goddamn right I did. You goddamn right. I don't know where her mouth has been. Yes, my penis is precious. But uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it's it's a blowjob. I don't know too many men that are turning those down these days ever. So for me, yes, I allowed her to do it, but I did not kiss her in the mouth. I think it needs to be with somebody you have been consistently dating. You trust them. You know them. Someone you are in a relationship with. You trust them. You know them and someone you're married to. Yes, I'm going to still add the disclaimer. You trust them. You know them. But it's kind of like if a girl gives a blowjob that you're with and she doesn't swallow. Man, finish the job. Finish the goddamn job. If you're not going to finish it, don't start it. But kissing in the mouth is okay with me as long as I've been knowing you. I need to at least know you 90 days. And depending on how good the blowjob is, maybe at least a week. (laughs) I'm just saying. Some blowjobs make you think about other things and think about nothing. Some blowjobs make you think, God damn, this is good. Some of them are so good you don't even think. You can't conjure up a thought. So when she comes up, you're not even thinking. All your blood flow is in the midsection. So you just go with it. I think it's okay to kiss after a blowjob. I think a blowjob and oral sex, period, on both parts. I don't want to make this just a woman thing. Men, too. You need to take care of your women unless she doesn't like to be serviced. But if she likes to be serviced, make sure you pull her into the oil you know, to the, to the, to the, uh, station sometimes and change that oil. You know what I'm saying? And we've already talked about, you know, you tossing salad. I mean, if you're down there and she's okay with it, go ahead and take care of it, goddammit. You grown. We grown out here. Quit tying everything and equating everything to being gay. Because a man want his ass ate. Or he eating a woman ass. Or he want anal sex. And this is a conversation I had yesterday with two white women. All white women don't like or uh, anal sex. So for all y'all black brothers out there acting like white women are the end all be all of sex i mean i ain't gonna lie they good at it i mean it's a good combination of black and white having sex i'm all for interracial dating do what you want to do just don't shit on your sisters man stop shitting on the sisters there are white women out there that don't swallow that ain't good at giving head and um that don't want anal sex it ain't only black women so get off of that shit quit fucking tripping I wanted to talk about the transgender restrooms. I know they are implementing this. I know in Fort Worth right now in Dallas area, they are trying to implement having transgender restrooms in middle schools, elementary schools, in school period. If you're going to put a transgender, a transgender restroom in a school, it should be high school, the minimum. I don't think you should do it at all. Think about it in high school, if you're already getting bullied just for being who you are, for not wearing the same type of clothes and not being able to afford certain things, you're being bullied, you're being talked about. If you're gay, you're being bullied, you're being talked about. If you're transgender, you're being scorched. 
I'm not saying that it's right. I have gay friends. I'm all for if you want to be gay, do what you do. I know the Bible says this and this and that, but I've been on record stating multiple times that I question a lot of things that are in the Bible. I'm a logical thinker. I like to break things down maybe too much, but that's my opinion. I don't think it should be transgender bathrooms at any school, especially not at preschools and elementary. Like, what the fuck are you doing if you're five and you want a, a, a dick and you got a vagina or you want a vagina and you got a dick? Something is wrong there. I think putting a transgender bathroom in a, a, a kid's school it's forcing them to grow up too fast. We are already forcing kids to grow up too fast. All these standardized tests and all of this shit. Like, let kids be kids. Transgender bathroom. I'm all for transgender. It doesn't need to be at a school. There's not even anything to talk about in detail in reference to this. It does not need to be one. For too many reasons. Kids have questions. Some questions as parents, you shouldn't. I don't have kids, but you shouldn't. We shouldn't have to answer at a certain age. Don't do it. I understand giving transgender people rights and, and gays rights. I'm not against that because I know the history of black, Amer you know, black Americans or Africans coming over here through slavery. Everybody deserve rights. Women wanting rights and, and getting that bill passed in like 1920 or whatever it was for women having the right to vote. People deserve rights. I, I get it. But are we going too far putting transgender restrooms everywhere? My first experience with a transgender restroom was uh, coming back from our trip from San Diego a couple of weeks ago. And that was the first time I saw a transgender restroom. It had the women's restroom, the transgender restroom in the middle and the men's restroom. And everybody was taking pictures. Um, nobody was going in. I thought about going in just to see what the fuck it was like. But then I didn't want to be looked at as damn. Does this motherfucker look like a man? Do we got a pussy up under there? But I did want to go in and check it out. I'm like, damn, do they have stand-up stalls, sit-down stalls? Do they have urinals on the wall? Is it some kind of way where you can stand and sit? Do they have something like a cubby where you can sit and piss? I mean, stand and piss is something holding your balls. Is some, I don't. I want to know what it is. Is it something new? I mean, are they creating new urinals and new toilets for a motherfucker to sit down? If he's dressed like a girl, but he still got his loaf, can he go in? Is something holding his loaf? Is he sitting his penis in a loaf holder why he i don't know how delicate is the situation in the bathroom are they getting porcelain is it colored is it lbgt q colors i mean they added the q on the end so is it what is it a rainbow colored bathroom i just want to know i wanted to go in all i know is it tripped me out because it had like a baby a woman a dad like the uh, it had like a kid uh the the logos the emblems for the bathroom the signage it had a kid, a woman, a man. I think it fucking had the goddamn wheelchair sign and something else. And I was like, God, this just look like a fucking bathroom party. I think transgender, I mean, do what you do. Just don't put it in schools. I don't think that's something that we should do. We got a couple of, um, I posed a couple of questions on Anchor and the rest of social media and a couple of podcasts and people have answered. So we're going to get to some of the the uh, listeners' responses to some of the questions that we had here at The Reality Is. And uh, we'll be right back. Michael Rappaport, I am Rappaport Podcast. Great podcast, by the way. You should definitely listen to it. It's on iTunes. I think Google Play, play it. You need to listen to it. And sometimes he has a segment called The Sick Fuck of the Week. 
And it's when people do random shit, like random stupid ass shit, like fucking George Zimmerman right now. I know we're supposed to be listening and responding to questions and answers posed from our listeners, but goddammit, I when I was taking a break, somebody just sent me this saying that George Zimmerman is uh, auctioning off the gun that he used to fatally shoot Trayvon Martin. Zimmerman, who was found not guilty of second-degree murder and manslaughter after arguing self-defense, explained in an interview with WOGX, I am a free American. I can do what I like with my possessions. He said he got the gun back after the trial and thinks he should auction it off because it's time to move past the firearm. And if I sell it and it sells, I move past it. What the fuck you mean, man? It's going to be like uh, Charlemagne the God say, some white trash nigga that's going to buy that gun. What the fuck? Like auction it off? Like this is disrespectful. Somebody, somebody need to, somebody need to do away with this guy. Somebody, you know, I don't want to sound too black when I say this. Somebody needs to do away with this guy. Get him out of here. In my black voice, kill this motherfucker. Beat the brakes off of him. Leave him somewhere stinking in the alley or in the tub. This is crazy. You get to auction it. They, they, first of all, they should have never gave the gun back to him. Now you want to auction it off. It's disrespectful. It's disrespectful on Zimmerman. To me, it's disrespectful on the court. I also got a text saying the Smithsonian said they had nothing to do with it. They don't want no parts of it. Good, 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 uh, good reply. Good stance on that situation. I'm not going to give this situation life, but God damn it, George Zimmerman just keeps making news. But you know what's going to happen? Just like when OJ, we all know that motherfucker killed Nicole. And he kept bringing himself up in the news and doing stupid ass shit. Eventually, Zimmerman's going to get caught. He's not going to die in the streets, but he's going to do something stupid enough that's going to get his ass locked up. And my God, today, if they get a hold to his ass, the black population, maybe even some of the Hispanic population in that prison, he will get his just due. And that's all I'm going to say about that, man. We're going to jump into some of these listeners. We were talking about, I posed a question about celibacy in reference to um, why practice celibacy? Why are people practicing celibacy? And what's the benefit of being celibate? And here's what they had to say. There's a lot of pressure from society for people to be in relationships and people who are single, especially those who are single by choice, are viewed as being some kind of a failure. And uh, this is a bit unfair, but if you look back through history, the great artists, the great scientists, the great creators throughout the ages, a lot of them have been people who were celibate uh, and this allowed them to focus their time and energies. you know, it's, it can be lonely being celibate, but at the same time, it can be lonely being in a relationship if your partner and you are not connecting in the right ways, and you really shouldn't be staying together. There's a lot of people who are stuck in relationships that uh, they're not happy with. Prince, Megan Good, and model Jessica White. Those are just a few names who to the ride who to let you know people who have practiced celibacy Nicki Minaj was the biggest one that surprised me actually Prince as well rest in peace Prince but I don't think they're doing it up until this point but they have practiced celibacy at some point in life and I agree with the listener who stated that a lot of great people who are looking to get things done 
they practice celibacy at some point. I have a couple of friends who are practicing celibacy. Um, I'll be honest, it's not for me, but I can see where celibacy can help clear the mind and allow you to do things and create things because you are keeping yourself to yourself, your energies to yourself. You're not sharing your energy. You're not sharing your passion your intimacy, you're being somewhat intimate with yourself and intimacy is not, I'm not, and I'm not talking about masturbation or some kind of sexual act with yourself, but me being mentally stimulated by your own self. That's so important. A lot of times when you're trying to create something, I'm I, the longest I probably think I could be celibate and not to be funny, but not because I chose to, uh, the longest time I've been celibate or had something similar to celibacy was six months. I think I went about six months and you know, it helped. It was a tedious time, but it does kind of help you clear your thoughts. There are so many benefits to celibacy, um, as this uh, young man just stated. And and we need that time alone sometimes. I think celibacy, the biggest time that I feel like you should use it is after a breakup. Too many people after a breakup, they always try to get over somebody by getting under somebody. And we've all heard that before. But I think to be able to practice practice celibacy and do it wholeheartedly, choosing to do it and not being in a situation where you're just not having sex, it's big. So salute and support, you know, to everybody who's practicing celibacy to find their inner self to be a better you. Uh, but God damn it. Uh, the power of the P is amazing. And some women say the power of the D is amazing. So like I said, big ups to you. Shout out to you for, for doing that. And uh, thanks to the listener for, for dropping this negative knowledge. We also ask questions about friendship. Like I know so many times as kids, you're able to tell another child, you're not my friend anymore because they've done something to wrong you. But as adults, we have a hard time figuring out the words to use or caring enough to confront our friends when they do something wrong to us. I know there are several times I've had several friends who either took money, uh, borrowed money, didn't pay it back, which now is the reason why when I give somebody money, I just say, here, you can have it. Hopefully it helps you out because if they're borrowing it, they don't have it to pay it back. So if you're going to give somebody money, just let them have it. But like we were saying, or like I was saying, we got to learn to address our friends if they do something wrong to us because it, 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 it enables that behavior to continue. And we have to be able to be man enough or woman enough to to talk to them. And a lot of times I think we try to avoid confrontation so we don't address people for doing things that they've done wrong to us. We allow them to do that and they think that it's OK. And then we wait a couple of months and then we see them again and we still don't address that issue. And then they do the same thing again or they do something different. Well, you know, at some point you can't be mad at them. You have to take responsibility with yourself to say, hey, I'm not addressing this issue. I'm allowing this person to continue to do these things to me, to walk over me, to not show reciprocity. And how can you continue to be mad at them and build up that resentment if you don't address it? Why do we not address our friends when they do something wrong to us? Do we not care enough? Is it something that we feel like we could just let go? Are we scared? Are we that scared of confrontation that we will allow somebody to continue to walk over us? Here's what a couple of listeners from The Reality has had to say. Good afternoon. Happy Thursday to you. And in response to that, I totally wholeheartedly agree. Like, what happened to just 
good old-fashioned communication. I think, you know what, let me tell you, I believe from my experience of different um, realms of real friendship, some people feel like if time has lapsed, why even address it? And some people feel after years, oh, you know, we didn't got grown, matured, and that you still bringing that up, that just makes you look petty, and then they evoke a certain type of feel. And then some people feel like if you say something, it's like a personal attack, and then saying like, I'm better than you, and you did this, or you're at fault, or I'm not at fault. So some people just say, I just cut it off. Or something, you know, sometimes somebody could do something so dastardly against what is considered a friend that you just like, I don't even want to know anything else about this person. Because this person could do something like this dastardly to me. What kind of friend is this? Hey, man, the great question. There's a couple things that come to mind. The first thing is... Um, we're kids, I think we're not as concerned with being vulnerable um, and the what if kind of downside to being vulnerable. So we can openly express, you know, when our feelings are hurt, when we're upset, when we're mad, when we're disappointed. We can say that. As we get older, either through, you know, just circumstances or, or having a rough time through life, we start to take on this armor where we have to, or we feel we have to protect ourselves and act like things don't bother us and, and we're tough and we're, um, we're above having our feelings hurt or being upset or disappointed with someone. And so what ends up, what ends up happening, I think, is that, um, Folks are just too proud and too scared to be vulnerable and raw. I agree with you, man. We too proud and we too scared to be vulnerable and raw. I agree. I mean, a lot of times I think we're also scared that somebody may call us on our shit. We're so caught up on calling them on their shit and letting them know what they did wrong to us. They may have some things that they got to say to us too, man. So I appreciate all the listeners for calling in and uh, giving, leaving us a, a review and leaving us your thoughts. Um, if you want to leave your thoughts or give us a topic that you want to hear us talk about, you can hit us up at info at the That's info at T-H-A, the Leave us an audio message. Leave us a email, whatever you want, and we'll review it. We we try to do at least once a month where we you know address the issues of the listeners and give shout outs from the listeners. Man, I appreciate you guys for giving us your input and your feedback in reference to that. I also want to give a shout out to the homeboy Larry Yates, man, Elbow Dean Beats, um, for producing some of these beats that you heard today on the podcast, man. We really appreciate you. We're trying to do big things around here. We're, we're trying to grow. So again, man, I want to say Elbow Dean Beats, we appreciate you. That's L-B-O-A-D-E-N Beats. If you are looking for somebody to produce uh, some beats for you, um, I don't even know if he wants me to be saying this, man, but... uh the dude is good at what he does, and I appreciate him for allowing me to use these beats and have these beats on this uh, podcast. I want to give a shout-out to my barber, George Gibson. If you are in the Dallas area and looking for a great barber, George Gibson, um, I think it's G Money on uh, Instagram. I think. Check that out. I don't uh, write everything down when I'm doing podcasts. That's just not the thing to do for me. I like it to sound authentic. Uh, shout-out to my loctician, Melanie. She's dope. I am not giving that information out until I have it wrote down because I don't have that shit written down either. Shout out to the summer that's hot as fucking Texas, man. It's hot as fucking clams out in this bitch. But we out here still surviving. I also want to give a big shout out and a welcoming uh, speech 
if you will, welcoming fucking speech. That church is still all in me. But uh, I want to give a shout out to Brother Mac, Marvell McFadden, and his son, Eric McFadden, that will be coming to the studio this weekend to talk to us about religion um, and give his expertise on his spirituality and what he thinks religion is all about and Christianity is all about. I probably will still drop some F-bums, some shits, some she's, and some other things in the podcast. I will not change um, because of this interview. I probably will play one church song. Um, people were asking, hey, you got a religious guy on this week are you going to be playing church music mm, yeah. i listen to church music like every blue moon i have to be really really down or really really high in a happy place not high as in marijuana high to listen to uh church music is just not my thing every now and again maybe uh that's one of those things i want to say thank you again to the listeners to the realists um to elbow dean beats uh for helping us keep this podcast going and create fresh content man i appreciate that um forgive somebody today Get all that anger off your shoulder, out your head, off your, you know, out your chest. Forgive somebody today. There's somebody out there that you need to forgive. Forgive somebody or forgive yourself. Take some of that pressure off yourself. Life is too short, man. Trust yourself. Believe in yourself. Buy something for yourself. Do something good for yourself. Sometimes people don't make you feel good, so you have to be uh, um, responsible for making your own happiness. And white people, quit staring at black people without speaking. Shit, that shit is annoying. Stop fucking staring and speak. I want to give a, a shout out to Jessica Henderson and her family, the Henderson family. Prayers go out to her family. They're going through some things right now. I just wanted to let you know, everybody over here at The Reality Is, man, we love you. We support you and you are in our prayers. Hey, always remember, man, inhale courage to excel success and I'll chop it up with you guys on Saturday. Chip, we out of here. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's The Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Sweating in bed keeping you up at night? Okay, get your mind out of the gutter. This isn't that kind of commercial. You need the cooling power of Purple, the mattress that is. It's comfort reinvented thanks to the Purple Grid. It allows air to flow through so you can sleep cool and comfortable all night long, and it flexes and cushions no matter what position you sleep in. Hmm, maybe it is that kind of commercial. Anyway, save up to $400 on select Purple mattresses and bedding bundles. Get yours at purple.com slash sleep in. Terms apply.